Welcome everyone to Flyover Footy. It's Phil here, and we have a special guest. It's Charles Altcheck. He's the president of MLS Next Pro. Charles, this is our second time talking. I want to thank you so much for doing this again. I had lots of problems last time with my computer. It's the story of uh, 2022. <laughs> Zoom, z you know, mute, unmute, on camera, off camera. It's part of our uh, it's part of our daily lives now. So it's all good. It's great to see you again. And uh, like I said earlier, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Hopefully, hmm. at a playoff game in the coming weeks. Yeah, we have a lot to chat. We have a lot to chat about. A lot to to uh, to talk about. Indeed. And as we said, perhaps at Centene, if we're lucky, if all goes really, really well, uh, knock on wood yeah, exactly. here. Exactly. Um, Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, you were newly appointed to your position in December of 2021. Got it right this time. And um, then you had just like months to get a whole new league off the ground. And I really want to hear what that time period was like, what it was like starting a league from scratch. Yeah. I mean, look, we, uh, we have so much to be thankful for, so much to be proud of uh, sitting here in, in September of 2022, looking back. Um, that was an exciting time. And it was, I was, you know, I feel very fortunate to have been a part of it. Very fortunate to have had the opportunity to um, get MLS Next Pro off the ground. Um, I'm, I work with great people um, uh, day in and day out. You know, it helps that I've been at the league office for, this is my eighth year now. Um, working alongside folks who have, in many ways, you know, helped to build the sport uh, in this country uh, with Major League Soccer and with so many other things that they do um, day to day. Um, so, you know, we very quickly had to hire people, very quickly had to put a plan together, um, but we always had and, and, and have this full support and weight and experience of all of those folks um, that I've worked with over the years who have uh, built Major League Soccer to what it is today and that we've been able to lean on whenever necessary to help us build MLS Next Pro, but it was hectic. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, in many ways, we were on our own uh, if, from a lot of different perspectives. We had to come up with a plan, um, work with our teams. There were a lot of Zoom meetings, you know, late into the night, putting the plans together, putting the competition format together, putting the schedule together, and then we had to sit and wait not for too long because all the plans kind of came together, not at the last minute, but, you know, in the days leading up to March 25th. Um, and we didn't know exactly what to expect, but we were confident that we were onto something special. And then sitting in St. Louis, you know, in, uh, in, the, in, in the downtown stadium at, at SLU watching uh, St. Louis city Two kick off against RNYFC in our first ever MLS next pro game, in front of thousands of people, you know, almost 7,000 people there that day could not have been uh, more exciting. And we knew from that moment, watching the game unfold in front of us, that we were onto something really special. And as the year has gone on and, you know, now through decision day this past weekend with last minute goals and, you know, teams qualifying for the playoffs in the last minute of, of the last day of the, you know, of the regular season, um, we, uh, We've built something really special. Uh, we've built a great platform, uh, but we have so much work to do to take full advantage of it. And the onus is on us to uh, to make that happen. So that's what we're going to be focused on going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, good competition. Uh, if that was one of your goals, then, you know, good last day. A lot of really crazy stuff going on. We were in the booth kind of calling the game and also catching up on the other scores happening. It was all affecting the final results, so that was really interesting. Um, but I want to hear about some goals that perhaps you set forth at the beginning of the season before the season started. And maybe you can talk about some of your successes throughout the season, maybe some of those goals that you uh, checked off the list that you did you did well on. Yeah, so look, we um, going into the year, we sat down as a management team and we um, put together, um, after many long hours, four pillars that we wanted to serve as our foundation for MLS Next Pro and help orient us whenever we ha had and have decisions to make. And those are very straightforward. They are player development, local communities, innovation, and, and underpinning all of it is a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And from a player development perspective, it's about providing that pro player pathway um, for the best young players competing in the U.S. and Canada, the best young players from the U.S. and Canada representing uh, the U.S. and Canada on their national teams. But we have over, over 80 countries represented already in our first season in MLS Next Pro. So players top you know, 25 and under players for the most part from around the world. From a local community perspective, we wanted to ensure that our teams and our players are connected to their fans, their partners, giving back to their communities and doing all the things that we know are so important from having been a part of Major League Soccer for the last number of years to be sure that everybody's moving in the same direction, working together um, and, and, and providing, you know, providing that link between the team and the community that's so important uh, for everybody involved. And from an innovation perspective, it's about pushing the game forward from every aspect on and off the field, new rules, new technologies, new competitions, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about. And then underpinning all of that as a, as a foundational pillar is a, you know, our commitment to D and I, and, and that's all about creating opportunities for the next generation of talent, not just of players, but staff, coaches, technical staff, business staff, but also, as we think about growing the league, new owners, new markets, new investors, um, and and providing opportunities for folks from underrepresented groups that want to break into the game. And a lot of our work, not just the league office, but with our teams, has been around that. We're really proud of what we've accomplished so far in our first year, but we have a, you know a long way to go, and a lot that we want to accomplish yet still. Um, in terms of the highlights. You know, candidly, going into March 25th, our first ever game, we weren't quite sure what to expect um, uh, on the field. Uh, but, but you know, once we sat down and the game started, we knew that this league was going to over-deliver on everybody's expectations. Um, and, you know, was this going to be a U19 league where it was just a bunch of young players playing on the weekends? And it's not that at all. It's professional players uh, players who are, are you know, under contract with MLS Next Pro, have MLS Next Pro contracts, or MLS players coming down on loan, competing week in and week out, and um, and the competition has been fierce. You know, you mentioned it on our decision day. We had three out of the four teams in the East still fighting for a playoff spot. We had all four teams in the West fighting for position uh, in the playoffs, um, and. Uh, and, and, you know, every point mattered going into that last um, game day uh, and every, every 
extra point from a penalty shootout mattered as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but you know, if there's if there's something that we think about that that my colleagues and I talk to each other about, and we we're just traveling. I was on a red eye last night, coming back from California, so we got to spend some time together, as you do when you're in the you know greater LA area with a lot of drive time between different locations. You know, what, what's our message to each other? It's that we're just getting started. We're just scratching the surface. Um, we have so much that we want to accomplish, but we've set a really good foundation here in year one. Um, and I'm really proud and grateful to uh, have played a role in uh, getting to where we are. Uh, but the onus is on us now to, to deliver uh, going forward. Yeah, part of that foundation is the league structure itself. And, and I forgot to mention last time that, you know, I was surprised. You mentioned, you was it going to look like a U19 league? That was a worry of mine for sure, seeing my team compete in this league. And your roster structure was a lot more professional and older aged players than I expected as a requirement, not an optional thing that, um, you know, that, that it seemed like it would be something you did want to be a little more competitive, not just a developmental league. Oh yeah. No, this is much more than a development league. There's of course, one of our pillars is development. Um, so, you know, we're going to stay true to that in, in everything that we do. But this is a real league with with a with a competition that's happening week in and week out, where the teams want to win, the players want to win, because as a as a, a play you know a young player trying to break in, break make it to the next level, and, and in many cases make it to the top level. And we've had 13 players start their professional careers in MLS Next Pro in this first season, and then sign contracts in Major League Soccer with their Major League Soccer club. Uh, which is a great start, you know, but we're just getting started. Um, winning matters and proving that you're a winner really matters. And then for those players who are either, and we've had over 200 players from our academies compete in MLS Next Pro this year, although much less so than probably some people expected. And certainly, you know, in terms of minutes played, a much smaller percentage than professional players, whether they're a MLS Next Pro professional or an MLS player competing against professionals week in and week out. And that is uh, invaluable. So not only do we have we created the right ecosystem in terms of training and players moving um, um, through the through the through the you know the, the pathway, but now week in and week out they're getting to compete against professionals. And you know beyond that one of our beyond just what we're doing within our own league, uh, you know within the league itself, um, one of the, the, the key strategic, strategic imperatives for us this year was to develop international competition on top of what we're doing in the league itself. And so we had our inaugural MLS Next Pro Invitational in Salt Lake, where we had a few teams from EPL2 fly in and compete against a few of our teams. Um, and it was a great event. It was super competitive. We had, you know, our top players playing against their top players at that level. And, you know, you had guys on Chelsea and on Wolves that, according to uh, different uh, websites and, and analysts, are worth, you know, significant amounts of money, some of whom even got transferred before the, uh, the EPL season started this year uh, to other EPL teams and, and abroad. Um, and, it, it, you know, it was great. We won all the games. We won several of those games in shootouts. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves as our players start you know, competing outside of MLS Next Pro, and we can talk about why we we thought it was so important to have shootouts at the end of all of our games that went in, you know, that ended in a tie. Um, 
uh, but we're you know we're just getting started. So our our plans are, and what we're thinking about now is how to expand international competition, integrate teams from other parts of the world, not just um, uh, the UK, but other leagues in Europe. Certainly, our our partners in Mexico and Liga MX. So nice. we've got a lot to look forward to. I like that. Uh, speaking of new rules and in, in the shootout, I want to hear about the off-field treatment rule. I want to hear about the red card suspension rule. And yeah, let's talk about shootouts at the same time. Um, it seemed to me, I'm curious, uh, that those first two I mentioned came out after a really interesting game with St. Louis City. Now, I'm curious if that was like a direct response to that and you guys are moving that fast and you're that experimental with a with some league rules, which I like that perhaps MLS proper will adopt. Uh, I'd just like to hear your thoughts on, on how those came about. Yeah. So let's start with in, in chronological order. Let's start mm -hmm. with the shootout rule because we, that one was in place from day one. And the idea behind that was, you know, we have this platform to innovate and to try new things. And it's not that, the, that not that a shootout is a new thing that nobody's seen before, the NHL is doing it now at the end of their regular season games where if a game ends in a tie, they, they take it to a shootout to determine the same thing as we are, the, the winner of an extra point. But shootouts in soccer could not be more important once you get to the higher levels, once you get to knockout tournaments. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw this format in meaningful competition that's coming up in the years to come that we're a part of. Um, and so from our perspective, there were two real um, – uh, there were two – reasons that we did it and and before we get into that i will t i'll be the first one to tell you there was a lot of consternation around um around this new rule from uh you know coaches and executives and and others in our ecosystem as to you know is this gimmicky is it gonna minimize what we're doing is it gonna position the league in the wrong way and we believed strongly um that it was the opposite that it was going to um push help push the game you know, in a positive direction. And the reason for that is one for our players from a development perspective to get to test themselves in a competitive environment in games of consequence in a way that is very hard to recreate in practice, if not impossible. We all know that getting, when you get into the highest levels, whether it's the champions league, world cup, CONCACAF, you know, um, uh, uh, tournaments, the gold cup, et cetera, shootouts matter and can determine, you know, a team's fate. Um, and if you're not ready for that moment, the moment will get the better of you. Um, and so from a player development perspective for those taking the kicks from the mark for the, for the goalies forever and involved, um, we were, we had convinced ourselves that it would be a really good uh, dynamic for them. And then from a, a fan perspective, it's hard to argue, and you're not going to convince me that there there are a few things that are more exciting than a shootout at the end of a game, um, whether you love it or you hate it. Um, you know, the, once in a while you have a goal in extra time or added time. We used to have golden goals. I love <laughs> golden goals. I, I'd be an advocate for bringing those back. Um, but there's nothing quite like the tension and the um, and the drama that comes with a shootout. And you know, when you you've got the overlay of the goalie's face and the penalty takers, you know, kick takers face at the same time, you can see and you can feel the pressure no matter where you are. Um, and I'm sure we'll see some of that in the playoffs in the, over the next three weekends. And it'll be interesting to see how the players react to that moment. Um, I'm excited for them. Uh, and, it's and affected St. Louis quite a bit this yeah. season. And, yeah, and it's affected 
our goalkeepers and like who we choose and stuff like that. It's been interesting. Yeah, nobody will be able to say, "Hey, I wasn't, I didn't get to practice my my penalty <laughs> shots," you know, going into the playoffs. So, yeah. um, and so so that was step one, from day one. And then over the course of the season, you know, we what one of the what of our strategic um, pillars from an innovation perspective is to how to make the game better, how to keep pushing the game forward. And what we want is more soccer, more action, um, less downtime less dead time, less time watching players walk around, talking to each other, talking to the ref, talking to their coaches, whatever they do, and just more, more soccer. And so one of the, one of the, you know, a lot of the rules that we've been thinking about have been um, in that vein. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've been around, a lo- you know, as long as I have talking to folks who are not soccer fans, who are fans of other sports. And in many of those conversations, I'm sure it's the same for you as it is for me. You know, they'll say, oh, you know, soccer is interesting, but why are those guys rolling around all the time? Um, you know, why did you guys get rid of that? Mm-hmm. And and so we came at it from two perspectives with the off-field treatment rule. One is how to ensure that the players are getting the best treatment possible in the best environment. And and we, we believe that that's off the field, not on the field with all the other players, the ref, everybody yelling at you, you know, to get off the field or hurry up or to do whatever you need to do from their perspective. Um, and then two, we wanted to, you know, be mindful of the fact, and we are mindful of the fact that there are players who take advantage of that, of that moment to whether it's slow the game down, kill momentum, or just waste time. And what we've seen so far in the hundred plus games where we've had the rule in place is there's very little of that going on now. Players are, if they're injured, they're injured, and they get taken care of, and we're never going to get in the way of that. But if a player is not injured and was thinking that this might be a, a good time to, you know, get a water break or, or hang out or rest or whatever. That's not what's happening anymore. So look, we only have the the second half of the season and now we'll have the playoffs as a, as a data set. We'll see, you know, the, the feedback's been very positive from everybody involved. There was a lot of consternation about this one as well in a different way because people were concerned like we were, of course, you know, is this going to be an opening for players to try to hurt each other or knock each other out of the game for three minutes? Hmm. But we've seen none of that. Um, and I think that's because the rule, Ali, I give Ali Curtis and his team a lot of credit uh, working with w- what, what we, we have, what's called the on-field innovation committee, uh, which is comprised of team personnel, league office personnel from different disciplines, um, liaising with leaders from around you know the soccer ecosystem in our region u.s soccer the csa the canadian soccer association and others um because there's a lot you know collectively there's a lot of experience around that you know that round table and um and we wanted to be sure to tap into all of it um and 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 not leave any stone unturned and um and ali's done a great job he ran a great process to get this rule in place coordinating with our teams, communing with our teams and the refs, by the way, who are the key protagonists in a lot of this in many ways, because they're the ones who have to enact uh, the rule and, and, and make sure that the rule works. And the feedback from them has been overly positive. And what they've said, because we've asked them for their feedback in writing, hmm. is we didn't have a tool to deal with this in the past. If a player was injured, there's nothing we could do to move the game forward. It was out of our hands. And now we have this new way to kind of check whether that's true or not. 
And if it's true and the player is injured, nothing changes. The player receives as much treatment as he needs on the field, as much treatment as he needs off the field, and nothing's changed from that perspective. But if the player, in his own words, is not actually doesn't actually need that treatment, they're getting up and the game moves forward. And so what we're seeing now is, on average, trainers are coming onto the field once or not at all per game over the, you know, since the rule has been in place. And the key for us is to benchmark that against what was happening in the first half of the season. And then what's, what was, what's been happening in MLS. And that's the work that we're going through now. Love it. Yeah. I think they've, uh, it's been fun to watch those and yeah, maybe MLS will accept those kinds of rules and maybe adopt some of them. Well, for, for sure. The reason we're doing these things is to see if they make sense for, major league soccer mm -hmm. some will and some won't yeah. but that's part of our process what we're going to be sure to do is stay true to the game and not you know not be gimmicky um not not deviate too far from what is you know what this sport is all about because um because we're all you know first and foremost fans of the sport mm -hmm. and uh respectful of its history etc i was a big fan of all of those um changes and um i continue to be another thing i'm a big fan of is I thought you guys did a really good job with your stats page. That's something that as a podcast, we look at that regularly. And I thought you guys were pretty thorough with that. And it's easy to load and read, which can be troublesome in other leagues. So yeah, I wanted to maybe ask what it was that a no brainer? Was it an easy one to get out there? Or was it something you prioritized no, and really no, nothing, through? nothing has been a no brainer and nothing has been easy. It's all been mm. really, you know, hard work. And I give credit to everybody. I'm really I'm really proud of uh, what we've done on the digital side in terms of engaging with our fans. You know, we've had um, fans from over 180 countries in the world watching our stream, our games on MLSNextPro.com. We've had hundreds of thousands of fans engaging with our content on the website and on social media. Um, and we're just getting started. You know, I think uh, when we were together earlier today, you had referenced that you wanted to talk about some of the challenges that we've had. And one has been with our, you know, with our, our broadcasts, um, we were trying, we tried a new technology this year. It, it's, you know, it's an AI based uh, platform and, um, and not, you know, not without challenges, but that's what this league is all about is to try things. And if they work great and if they don't, you know, we keep evolving, we keep learning um, and we keep moving forward. Um, so what's, you know, what's, what's exciting for me as the leader of a league and for all of us who are involved in the sport is, we're part of the transformational new relationship with Apple. And so all of our games next year will be on the Apple platform, um, which will be a whole new opportunity for us to engage with our fans, try new things. I mean, Apple is the top technology company in the world. Um, and, and, and we, we couldn't be more excited about working with them to change, to change the game. Cause we, I think I really believe we have, we have the opportunity to do that. And, you know, when I get asked, well, what, what role does MLS Next Pro have in all that? And my answer is, if there's anything you want to try that you're not sure about for prime time, we'll be your we'll be your test hmm. tube. You know, we'll be your your platform for you know to try things that may not be ready for MLS for whatever reason or or otherwise. So um, we're uh, we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. So I think you just said that all the MLS Next Pro games will be on Apple Plus, or did you just say MLS? Did I misunderstand? MLS next. The plan is for all the MLS next pro games next year to be on the Apple platform. Yeah. Aha, okay. No, we thought it was just going to be like one game a week. So that's big news here as well. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to give you maybe a Christmas list of things 
that um, we've been worried about watching these uh, broadcasts. The AI cameras, I think, at times were, were difficult with certain dead zones, so maybe that will improve, or um, some of the camera angles being pretty high. Um, we would love to see instant replays and match replays. Um, I know these are all, listen, man, I come from USL from back in, in the ages. And if we go from what it looked like in the first year versus now, it's a massive change. So I'm not being super negative, but I think I'd be uh, missed to not mention them to you and just see if no, any of those of things are yeah, going to be improved in the future. As we, as we spend more time together, um, you know, what you'll, what you'll hopefully learn from us is we're very transparent about our strengths and our weaknesses. And we had a lot of great things happening this year. And we have, we, you know, if you ask me, Hey, what do you want to improve for 2023? I would say everything, <laughs> everything, you know, there's nothing that we don't want to improve for next year. Um, and, and our broadcasts are a big part of that better, you know, better technology from every perspective is a big part of that. Um, and that's a big emphasis and focus for us next year and the years ahead. Nice. So maybe match replays or anything like yeah, that. Is that yeah, something we'll, you consider? We'll see. Every everything's on the table. Everything's yeah. on the table. We're we're working through all that now. And that's. I mean, Apple has a big say in that. I'm sure as well. So, um, cool. Uh, let's talk about the new upcoming thing. So, thirteen, um, thirteen. Sorry, seven teams are going to be coming over from USL Championship in the next season. Um, that are two teams, MLS affiliated clubs. And then there've been rumored um, like 13 other uh, clubs that might be coming in as independent sides. I think you might've had a number that's more exact. Um, and while we talk about that, I just kind of want to get it out of the way because everyone is talking up a storm online about, you know, some of these cities are shared by USL cities. So is this like just competitivism is going to make you better? Is there um, a fight over some of these cities? Um, what is the view of, of all of these evolving changes in the U.S. soccer dynamic? Yeah, so, you know, we'll start with from a growth perspective, we're, we're, um, we're looking forward to integrating the next wave of, of teams in 2023. And you mentioned, you know, who, who those are. Um, and, uh, and so that, you know, some of these teams are new. Are new, you know, Nashville, Charlotte, and Austin are launching their second team for the first time, and then others have been competing in uh, the USL Championship for the last number of years. So it'll be great to add um, all of them and integrate all of them into our competition next year. Um, and then uh, beyond that, we've we've been spending a lot of time on um, on potential independent teams. So if you think about broad strokes, our vision for MLS Next Pro over the years to come you know, call it 29 to 30 MLS affiliated teams to start. And then, uh, and then we've got Rochester who've done an amazing job and we'll talk more about them. And then, uh, you know, looking ahead to the world cup in 2026, the idea is to grow this league meaning thoughtfully and meaningfully 10 to 20 independent teams over the next number of years. And so we've been traveling around the country. I was just, uh, just was on a red eye last night coming back from the West coast hmm. on an expansion visit. Uh, meeting with uh, potential ownership groups, talking about stadium plans, t meeting with public officials, um, and and you know the 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 energy around it has been uh, awesome. I think it's you know it's it's a good moment to talk about Rochester, um, and they've done an unbelievable job. I give David and Wendy Dworkin and and their partner Jamie Vardy a lot of credit for what they've accomplished this year. 
because it's been hard. It's been hard at every turn. You know, you mentioned that we announced the league back in uh, December of 2021. That was when we also met, announced Rochester. And if you think about launching a new league, that's one thing to launch a new league out of MLS. It's another thing to launch the first ever independent team in MLS Next Pro announcing in December and playing your first game on March 25th. Um, and everything seemed to go against them. Visa issues, travel issues, the, you know, the, their new coach, Bruno, who's done an amazing job, um, only had a few weeks, if that, to be with his team. And at, at even going into the first game, they hadn't really spent any time together as a, as a, as a, as a team, you know, uh, uh, as a whole. And they had new players coming in in the first few weeks of the season from all over the world and all over the country. Um, and then once they got through that period, then they really started to click and get into the second and third gear and compete. Um, and what they've done is, uh, is tremendous against all odds. Um, and sitting here today, you know, with them getting ready for their first playoff game against Columbus on Saturday, getting ready to compete for the first ever, the inaugural MLS next pro cup, um, over the next number of weeks, you know, I couldn't be happier for them. Uh, couldn't be more grateful for what they've achieved this year in terms of, um, you know, being, being everything we've asked them to be and more. Um, and I'm really looking forward to everything they've got going on, uh, in the years to come. And then beyond that, you know, we, uh, we're really, um, in, enthused by what the reception has been around the country as it relates to, um, to what we're doing in MLS next pro. And, you know, I've spent the last, uh, number of years, uh, uh, working on expansion within MLS, within MLS. Um, and have gotten to be part of all of the new teams that have come in and the new stadiums and the new ownership groups working very closely with all of them. And, but that, that road is coming to an end here very, very soon. Um, and now I get a, a, you know, a whole new platform to build and, and continue to build the sport um, in all in, in new markets with new owners, new stadiums. I mean, it couldn't be more exciting from my perspective. Um, and, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, taking full advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. So what is, um, what would you say are the benefits of choosing MLS next pro over some other ones? I can think of, you know, like the cost of USL is going up and up and up. That's at least a starting point is, um, it seems like you can get into your league a little more affordably, but what are some other things that when you go to these expansion cities that, that you're talking about? You know, we, we're just focused on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, there's, there's no comparing one versus the other. Other people, may other folks may want to do that and i you know from my perspective i think it's great that um uh people have options you know folks have options um but we're just focused on what we're doing which is building a great league that has the top players you know under the age of 25 from the u.s and canada and from around the world competing week in and week out um and trying to uh make it to the to the top level here in this country and abroad um, and we're just getting started. So we're really, um, you know, we think we have a great opportunity ahead of us, um, uh, but we've got to deliver and, and that's what we're focused on. That's well said. I want to talk about the future because you kind of, we talked a little bit about new clubs that could be coming in independent clubs. Can you tell me about what is in store in the next year and even long-term, like in the next five, 10 years, what is this league going to look like? Yeah. I mean, look, the, um, it's going to look very different than what it looks like today. That's if we do it the right way, you know, you know, when you think about having a 40, 50 team league, 
um, that's, uh, you know, you have to get, start to get really creative around the competition format and you've got to think about it a little bit differently than probably what, what we have going on today. So we're going to put a lot of work into that. I think there's going to be, you know, if, if things are working the way that, you know, if we're doing, doing things the right way, we're going to have a really important and meaningful international uh, competition that's part of our schedule year in and year out, whether it's the break, you know, similar to what MLS is doing with Leagues Cup next year, whether it's a break in the middle of our season and you have the, you know, the, 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 the first half, half of the season, the table, the, you know, you qualify for the international competition in some way, shape or form. And then we have that. And then we kick into the second half into the playoffs. There's so many different things we can do. Um, but the most important thing is to uh, keep building this the right way with great uh, teams, great ownership groups with, you know, really strong stadium, stadium projects. And, and, you know, what's different about MLS Next Pro, and you touched on it earlier, is, you know, it's a different investment profile than what we're dealing with now in MLS, where the numbers have gotten, you know, significant. Um, and it's not that the numbers are not uh, important in MLS Next Pro. It's still, it's, it's still a real commitment for anybody. Um, but what it does mean is you can play in smaller stadiums, um, and we think we can be successful almost anywhere. So there are cities that we've been traveling to uh, that we would not have been able to travel to uh, and consider for MLS just because of the, you know, it's a different construct and mm -hmm. it's a different um, strategy. Um, and I'm confident that we'll have some, some, you know, fun news to share over the next couple months um, from that perspective. I'm looking forward to that. Um, um, but we've got a lot of work to do, you know, and, and a long road ahead from that perspective. Great. Is there anything else you want to kind of talk about or mention that I haven't mentioned yet? Um to close things out here? Um, you know, we, uh, yeah, look, it, we talked about season one. We've talked about the future, um, but the next three weeks are going to be really fun. You know, it, we, we it's, it's going to be short. It's going to be intense. Hmm. Three weekends in a row of our top teams battling it out for the first ever uh, MLS Next Pro Cup uh, on October 8th. And um, and at this point, I think there are no favorites. Clearly, Columbus had a great season. St. Louis had a great regular season. Um, but now it's back to square one. And as we've th seen in the playoffs in MLS, when you have a single elimination game, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited for the fans. I'm excited for the players. Um, personally, I can't wait um, to watch, you know, to see how it unfolds. Uh, and we're going to learn a lot, as we have been all year. We're going to learn a lot uh, over the next three weekends, um, and and 2023 is going to be exponentially better than 2022, and we've already gotten off on the right foot. So, um, you know, for me, I really appreciate this time with you. I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting you at a playoff game in the next couple of weeks, um, and uh, and looking forward to chatting more on all fronts as uh, as things keep developing. Yeah. I, again, I want to thank you for your grace in working with me and uh, redoing this today. Of course. And um, of course. again, you know, the, the things I love most about this league are, you know, ex the experimentation, pushing the game forward, the the producing new young talent and moving them on. And just I think the thing I was most worried about that you really delivered on was the competition, the level of competition. It was a fun year. It wasn't an easy year for a team that was a little bit stacked in our case and in some cases. So I want to thank you for all the work you guys did, and I look forward to what you guys do in the future.
Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it.